What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the YCB Show. I'm your host, YCB, and on this episode, I have one of my favorite guests, one of the people I know so well from being in the Axie community so long, an NFT OG, the growth lead at Axie Infinity, Jiho. Welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for having me. Super excited to be here. And actually, just freed from Twitter, uh, you were on a little hiatus where you got a uh, I guess banned, and we still don't know why, but now you're back and um, ready to take advantage of it. Yeah, man, no, it feels to be good. feels good to be out of Twitter jail. It was a nice little exile, you know? So it, it gives you some time to reflect and work on other stuff. At least you know you made uh, so yeah, it no, you it was... banned. That's when you know you're a <laughs> high priority now. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I mean, yeah, it was, you know, it's obviously, you know, we have a lot of freedoms basic freedoms to fight for. Um, but yeah, you know, thankfully it got resolved and we can just move forward, you know? Mm -hmm. So I know a little bit about your background and how you got started, but for the people that don't know, let's talk about it. How did you get into crypto and NFTs? And I know you first found crypto kitties. So talk about, you know, how you found it, how you got into it and, and, and what, you know, that led to. Yeah, sure. So, you know, I've always been a collector and a gamer. So my dad collected, or collects insects and fossils. So I grew up accompanying him on various expeditions and adventures. Yeah, around around the you know around the U.S. mainly like going to the mountains of Arizona and deserts, looking for rare butterflies, rare beetles, right? Always looking for rare stuff. So that was kind of like the way that I would impress my dad growing up was like get finding something rare, like a rare insect or a rare fossil. So I think that kind of you know sparked this kind of appreciation for rare and beautiful things. Uh, but I, yeah, I also, you know, I'm half Korean. So my cousins were always like showing me, they're a little bit older. They were showing me, you know, games like Diablo and Starcraft. And that's really how I got introduced to the internet. So I think from an early age, I also knew that, you know, games can introduce people to new technologies. Um, yeah, so I was always trying to make money playing those games as well, always running up against restrictions, right? So I think that also kind of, you know, had an effect on me. And then, yeah, in terms of crypto, you know, I wasn't too interested in it. Uh, I was, you know, obviously I, I knew a little bit about ETH because my, a lot of my friends from high school were actually into it, but it wasn't until right December, 2017, where you know, I learned about crypto kitties and it just jumped in, started breeding, meeting a lot of people, making friends, making connections, uh, you know, tried my hand at streaming a little bit. Uh, I worked on a project called Kitty Hats, which was actually kind of a, a community or third party app built on top of CryptoKitties. That's kind of how I got my feet wet. And at that time, right, there were a lot of people who were saying, okay, like, this is going to be big, but right? We need an actual game. We need more utility. We need something that's fun. We need something that's going to keep people's attention for years, right? Not like days or months. So I think, yeah, uh, you know, so Axie, I think was like a natural uh, outgrowth of that question or that desire. Um, so yeah, you know, in March of 2018, I actually found Axie uh, a, a community member named Dunsty. I don't know if people remember him, but he's a super OG. This guy named Dunsty was kind of, there was a referral system. So he was trying to refer me uh, into the game. 
or into the origin sale. So I took a look and, you know, I, I kind of instantly fell in love with it and started contributing a little bit, um, helped kind of write the white paper. And yeah, so I, yeah, I started out as a community member and started contributing more and more. And yeah, I just fell in love with the product, the project, the vision, the community. And yeah, it really felt like something that we were kind of all pushing forward together. And it was kind of like a blank slate, right? At that period, it's like we saw the art, but that was mainly it, right? It was like really the project could go anywhere, which was, right? It could be scary. And some people like might not have liked that. But I think for a lot of us, right, it was like there was so much potential. There was so much, uh, yeah, you know, it was, it was, it really felt like something that we could kind of build together. So, uh, yeah, that's basically how I found Axie. And, you know, obviously the rest has uh, been a wild journey. I definitely want to get into that transition into Axie. But before we get into there, oh, yeah. d- did you... Did you understand NFTs at that time when you were experimenting, CK? So I got into kind of like the same thing. I wanted to to make the quick flip or not the quick flip, but, you know, make a little bit of side hustle money, you know, by flipping NFTs and, and whatnot. Did you understand the power or the potential of NFTs at that time? Or were you still just thinking about, you know, how to dominate CK and be a good breeder and, and, and do well? Or what was your thought process like back I- then? Yeah, I think it was a little bit of both, but I was definitely right. Also trying to think long-term and make connections and, uh, you know, figure out what was going to happen, what were going to be the next moves, uh, in the space. So, yeah, I was also really competitive in CK as, as people, as, as, as some people might remember from back in the day, uh, I did quite well, like breeding guys, like, I think a lot, a lot of people, they fell into certain traps, right? Whereas there, I was more about breeding the supply cap things. Um, so like the things that couldn't just be mass produced, um, right. So basically like there was a dog cat, there was only 88 and I actually produced like 35 of them and those are still actually worth a lot. Right. So there, there was going to, it was about figuring out like what was actually useful. Um, so, and I, yeah, I think like, as I mentioned, my background as a collector of insects of fossils, it kind of helped me, uh, frame and figure out what was actually going to uh, be worth, uh, trying to accumulate um in terms of those nfts so yeah i think it was a little bit of both i think i was just experimenting too i had quit my job in september of that year so a couple months before because i felt like yeah I, you know I, I was someone who wanted to be doing something new like creating a new market um and yeah nfts were it's kind of like the first thing professionally that i ever got excited about um and so you talked about some of the games that you know you grew up on and i think a lot of the people that originally got into nfts you know focused on those types of games like wow and and runescape and whatnot how do you think the new school gamers like the kids growing up now with fortnite and with warzone and those types of games how do you see them transitioning into nfts i think that it just it, it just takes a little bit of time for the tech to get ready um and I, I think it's, you know, it's starting to happen. It's already starting to happen. Um, you know, I think there are a couple of cr- crucial building blocks that are necessary, like a fiat on-ramp, right? like smooth transaction fees. Uh, you know, it's just also a more fun game, referral systems, like create creator codes, uh, right? It's like in Fortnite, right? Like YouTubers are really into it. Why? Because... Yeah, the game is pretty fun. It's pretty social, but it's also like they they actually innovated a lot with their creator system. So I think something stuff like that will be really key in attracting kind of 
you know, these mainstream micro influencers, these streamers, these YouTubers to get into the game, introduce it to their audience. Uh, right now, yeah, Axie is definitely really niche, but you know, I think it's, it's just, it's part of the process. Like I think, you know, we've, we've seen that our approach is working. Uh, we've seen that just, you know, this slow and steady, uh, marathon has a lot of benefits uh, in the long run right? where you basically create this really sturdy foundation of a community um so yeah i'm really excited i think the roadmap for this you know for the coming 18 months or so really aligns with yes like introducing axie to a new audience right lowering the barriers to entry making it more fun and then also uh, making it something that's yeah worth kind of introducing uh audiences to so yeah, I think like, right. So people will, you know, there, there will be play to earn, um, right. This idea of play to earn will attract a lot of people, uh, this idea of the digital flex, right. It's like people just want to collect things. Right. Um, I think that's also, you know, having, having a huge impact on the adoption of NFTs as well. Right. We're spending more and more of our time on screens, right. Like physical possessions are so like burdensome, right. Like we don't want like, physical stuff. Like we just want stuff that's in our, we still want to collect, right? People will always want to collect, but right. There needs to be a kind of digitally native way to kind of satisfy that desire. Mm -hmm. And it's the people that understand the transition from collecting physical stuff. You know, who wants garage full of physical stuff? Not only people, I rather have, you know, my online profile stacked with NFTs that anybody can see. Um, and the people that understand that transition are the ones that, you know, the early adopters that will be successful as the technology evolves so we can cross the chasm to, to the mainstream adoption. Um, I want to touch on this real quick before we get into all the Axie stuff, but did you understand, like, what you said it was the first thing that got you excited. But what hooked you on the ideas of NFTs? What hooked you on that? Yeah, I think it was the combination of, it's like I, I always wanted to make money playing games and I was always getting in trouble, getting banned, running up against terms of service violations. So I basically quit gaming right after like, I don't know, I played World of Warcraft until I was like 15 or 16. And then it's like real life took over. Right. So, you know, uh, NFT gaming, I thought, you know, had uh, had potential to basically re-engage uh, people who weren't just interested in it for purely pre pleasure, but also interested in it for, yeah, you know, like, you know, making some extra side income and, um, you know, a lot of hobbies are actually like that. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I think that that's what that's, that introduced, interested me also, I would, you know, this, I, I'm a collector. So, you know, I, I think I just, you know, I, for, with crypto kitties, with axes, like it just, it does really give me a lot of pleasure, uh, to, uh, increase my collection and just, and just have them and, um, kind of compare, uh, with other people. Um, right. We're starting to, it's like, yeah, we're, I, it's speak, it's becoming more of a thing. So I think, yeah, just naturally kind of fit well with my personality you know, my interests and what I was, was kind of grew up doing. Um, so, you know, I, it's for me, like, I assumed that, you know, I wasn't just one of the only people on earth right i was just you know luckily for once to be early to some kind of trend right i think a lot of people in our generation or my generation um i just turned 30 so maybe slightly different generation a lot of people in my generation we feel like we were born a little bit too late to kind of get in on the ground floor of the internet right like 
um, we were high schoolers or middle school, right? When, when things like Facebook came out and, and Facebook and Twitter and, and Google, right? So we feel like, like if we wanted to work in that world, we had to be employees, right? Whereas, you know, I, I, I'm more of like a, yeah, I'm a builder. Like I kind of, I'm more of a owner, if that makes sense. Um, or yeah. Like, so, so I think like that, that's what was interesting. And, you know, I, I had done some stuff in the startups, you know, and with startups before Axie, but it always felt like the market was too crowded. It wasn't at the beginning. There were a lot of like, yeah, uh, you know, it, it wasn't, it was really hard to do something new and interesting. Um, and yeah, NFTs were new and interesting. So mm-hmm. you, you have the entrepreneurial mindset, you know, you want to be someone that takes it from zero to one and not from, you know, one A to one B. And I, I totally can understand that mindset and, and, and can relate to that. Um, and along the lines of collecting and scarcity, and, you know, those are the types of things that you know, that you're interested in, you had a, you know, pretty popular tweet. I believe it's still your pinned one. I don't know if that changed with being banned or whatnot on how you (laughs) evaluate NFT projects. You want to summarize that tweet, that video that you put out and, and just your thought process behind those types of things. Like, is it, is it collecting? Is it, is it based on rarity? Like, what is it that you look for? Yeah, definitely. So basically the video that I put out was about how to evaluate an NFT project. Um, and so the way that I, you know, I think that it's really important to take a data, data oriented approach, um, to evaluating these types of projects. And so, yeah, basically what I did is, you know, so I, so I look at like a lot of indicators, right? So I look at things like social, uh, presence, right? So like, for example, how many members someone has in their discord, right? Like how many Twitter followers they, they have. Um, I also, right. There's a lot of <laughs> the good thing about the blockchain is that a lot of the data is on chain, right? So then you can look at, okay, the on chain, uh, on chain volume, on chain daily, weekly, and monthly active users. Um, you can also look right. Like with Axie, there are some data sites that will help you look at kind of trends over time. So, you know, you'll be able to look at like the number of Axie holders over time. Um, the number of people using the marketplace um, some projects like with Axie, we have an Android or we have a, a unity app. Um, so that's kind of like off chain data that I think is important. So we try and show that to the community as much as often as possible. Um, yeah, there's also Alexa rankings and next what we- uh, similar web rankings like this is, I think is underrated. Um, so I, I take a look at that to see if a project is getting more internet traffic over time that can also be useful for corroborating like on-chain data, like certain blockchains, like you can just spam transactions and watch trade. Right. So you also want to be making sure that the internet traffic, um, kind of corroborates the story that the, even the on-chain data might be, might be saying, um, yeah, I think. So that's kind of like how I look at NFT projects, right? And then you can also, it, there's also some elements that overlap with DeFi, right? So, I mean, with Axie, right, we have a governance token. That governance token has its value kind of backed by all the fees generated within the universe, right? So then you might look at, for Axie, you might look at the, okay, what's, you know, what are the marketplace fees? What are, what is, what are the breeding fees looking like? Things like that um, can also, you know, be a really interesting metric to to track. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's those types of things that you listed are very important, right? Because it's hard to you want to quantify a community in some sense, and and you're taking the approach of of looking at these different data sets to basically see, you know the data behind the community and see, you know, is it an effective, you know, is it an effective community? Is it actually um, made out to what it looks like while you're in the discord? You know, does the, does the data support the, um, the intangibles, I guess, of the, of the community, you know? And I think that's important. And a lot of people actually, you know, they like to retweet it and, and whatnot because it's hard to, um, I guess, think of that yourself when you're just trying to understand the product itself, you know, it's hard to take that step back and see, okay, you know, does the data support how successful this project is or no? Is it being faked or is it being, is the volume, you know, zero, but you know, there's a thousand holders or something like that. And and it's important to guess, do your due diligence and do your homework before ever even investing into, you know, a product or or, or an NFT. You don't want to fall for the hype. You know, you want to take it in a methodical approach and logical approach. Definitely. I mean, that's also right. Like, I'm, I'm the growth lead at Axie, so we cannot grow if we don't know what to measure, um, right? And you can't try and, you need, growth is about figuring out what numbers you want to make go up, right? <laughs> um, so so almost anything, there are like almost all the things that you want to be looking at can be very quantifiable, right? Um, even things like something like, customer or like player satisfaction or community satisfaction, there are even ways to like basically quantify that, like by like looking at like doing word bubble analysis and, and stuff like that. Right. So there's even, even things that you think are really, really qualitative and subjective are actually, there are ways to quantify them. Mm-hmm. So talk about how you got into that role. You know, a lot of people don't understand that you were a community member at first. So you first weren't an all in the original Axie team. You're, um, well, you're a core member, you're core founder because you got in so early, but um, how did you, you know, how did that process play out? How did you get into being the growth lead and how did you join the team and talk about, you know, that process and, and that experience for you? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I, <laughs> the early days were a little bit fuzzy, but I found the project and got super excited and just dove in and started doing work, right? Like, that's basically what my, my approach in this industry is it's and not just even with only like Axie or whatever, like I try and just add value and do work and help people. And then good things tend to happen when you do that. And that even with Axie, right? Like I try and help people and I end up, you know, if you help people, then they end up becoming great allies. Right. And it's really a really positive sum game. Um, I know that you like Naval, right? So I think like the NFT space is like a really good uh, example of an industry like that's all about the long-term games, right? So, you know, I just try and help people and generally that's kind of uh, worked out in the long run. So I just, yeah, I just started helping out and seeing where I could add value and then things just kind of snowballed from there. Mm-hmm. And you were saying it's fuzzy. It's it's hard to, to grasp. Like that was like, well, almost that was exactly a little over three years ago now, I guess. And yeah. it's, it's crazy to think, you know, how Axie has been around for those three years and, um, you know, just the evolution of it. And I, and I agree, I do, Naval, I'm a big fan of Naval and his thoughts. And I think I, I tweeted out a lot, long-term games with long-term people. I think when we're in this new industry, it's all about like everybody's figuring out as they go, you know, there's, there's no roadmap 
Um, you know, no one's been here before because we are in a new industry and we are evolving. We're taking tech from zero to one and creating new products and whatnot. And I do think, like you said, it is important to, to generate that value. Like if you're looking to contribute, just, you know, see how you can add value to a project, add value to a community. Um, and then that will generate those long-term games by not just trying to do it for a pump or trying to do it for a quick flip or whatnot. And then you'll make the friendships along the way. And then in 10 years from now, if you play the long-term game, that's when, you know, it'll start to, you know, come to fruition. And I, and I do agree with you. And I think a lot of people do that. And I think, I think a lot of the community members and actually have the ability to do that with like art and with videos. And I think actually provides a good foundation for that. I think like, that's really what we wanted to do, right? Like one of the first principles about Axie is like, we want it to be something that's built to last, right? It's like the economy, the relationship with you have with your axes, right? The fact that we're always adding new content to it. Um, and I think that really, uh, engenders or creates this long-term out, out, uh, like outlook. I think there are like a lot of projects actually glor glorify too much, like the Bitcoin approach which is just like, okay, like, okay, this thing is like perfect when it launches or whatever. And then it's just like, okay, there's no dev team or anything. And it's just like, I don't know. <laughs> Does it make sense? Like something like that, like it works for certain projects and products, but for a game, it really, really needs to be something that's, you know, being continuously upgraded over time. And, and people are kind of, uh, yeah have some have some foundation to kind of contribute off of yeah you need to have the iterations the um the constant evolving lore the constant evolving game in order to get people you know interested and in develop that relationship because we do see that with axie like we do see people have um relationships with the axes themselves like my avatar on twitter is an axie you know and and, and it's because you could do so much, you could breed, you could hold it, you could do fan art with it, you could do all these types of things, and it creates, you know, value for the ecosystem because you're spreading spreading the word of Axie to a bunch of different people online and whatnot. But you're also creating that long-term relationship. Like I would never sell mine because I, ha you know, because it, you know, means something to me. It's my Sky Mavis Axie. Um, my Sky Mavis. It's, it's part of your. It's part of your legitimacy, right? It's like mm -hmm. Vitalik just wrote, I think, a piece about how, right? It's like one of the scarcest assets within blockchain that we don't understand or research or look at enough is this idea of legitimacy, right? And, and that's what people don't also don't understand when they're like, oh, like I can just copy, you know, copy paste this <laughs> avatar or whatever, right? And it's like, yes, you can do that, but the whole value is when you do it in a way that maximizes your legitimacy, right? Which means that you're the person who owns it. You can prove that you own it and you're using, and you're kind of showing it off to the world and you're using it as, you know, something that is part of your persona. It's part of the things that people know about you. Right. When we, yeah, when I think about you, I'm like, Oh, like, yeah, this kid has a, a sky Mavis. Like, you know, that's, that's like part of, uh, that's part, that's part of your, you know, the, my perception of you, um, for sure. Mm -hmm. it's it's the digital identity it's the online brand you know it i think all your nfts are contributing to who you are online like a lot of people don't um or have the the anonymous you know avatars and online profiles and their collection of nfts and specifically my axie and your axie um 
Actually, I don't even know if that's yours. I think that's one of the main mascots, right? The one you have. Um, but it contributes to Discord, your... Discord, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it contributes to your your digital identity and, and who you are online and how people perceive you. And, and Axie's positioned in a way to dominate, I guess, that because of you know, everything else that goes along with it. It's not like when you buy something for, you know, a quick flip, there's no, I don't, I don't want to show everybody that, you know, that this is part of my identity when I'm just trying to sell it, you know, a week later, but the stuff that. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a form of staking too, right? It's like, you know, if you're doing that, it's like, it's kind of, there's a switching cost, right? To flip it, to selling that Sky Mavis and having to get it. And then, right. It's, just, it's actually kind of like a staking mechanism, right? Where, it's like when you make something your avatar, you're kind of expressing a long-term commitment to it as well. Mm-hmm. You're locking it out. Yeah, you're taking it out of circulation. It's no longer for sale. Oh, yeah. And the more people that do that, the less that we'll have for sale, the more rare it will come, and you know the, the, the value will go up over time. Um, talking about Mystic Axes and, and Origin Axes, do you remember your first Origin Axie, your first Mystic Axie that you purchased when you joined the community? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I came through the origin sale, so and I I rolled uh or you know I rolled mystics um I think two in a row when I first started. So my first my first axie is number seven oh seven. I still have it. Um, Candy Babylonia. Um, oh wow, that's that's a aquatic, good number. Aquatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good, good I numbers. actually I, w- I back then I was or yeah I was super broke. Um, so I I had like maybe point four ETH. So it was like, okay, I was like, I can afford two axes, something because like I think origins were maybe 0.19, something like that per roll. So I think I did, I think I rolled, I'm going to check right now actually. So I, th- I think I rolled 707, and I know this, but I'm going to see if I rolled 708 as well. Um, now, that's incredible luck. <laughs> two mystics right off the bat, back to back rolls. And I, I, and I, oh, I wish I could have had that chance to roll. I was talking to, um, Arctic the other day and you know he had that um he was you know there early enough to, to be able to roll and I wish I had that chance as well but um I think I think a lot of you know I think that's part of the process you know part of creating that connection it's like this is yours this is something that you won't I think breeding is you know the part of Axie where you could breed I think that creates that same kind of connection because again it's random but well, not random but it's based off statistics and and breeding stats and but it's still you're creating your own axie that's that's yours for the first time you know um i think that's kind of like the same same thought process yeah definitely definitely i think yeah people have really emotional connections to the axes that they've rolled right and obviously also the axes that they've bred um i think that's something that we've noticed and yeah, i think i think that's really important i mean that's part of what gives them value, right? It's like, ideally, right, you want these things to have value, not just like, right, there has to be some element of emotion um, there um, with with these things to, to allow them to really reach their full potential. Not everybody in the system can be like, right, like a cold, heartless capitalist trying to maximize their profit, right? Um, there has to be like some emotion and emotional attachment to uh, to these things. Um, and I think that's, that's what kind of, you know, really makes the system, uh, work to a certain extent. And it's like, it's like wearing a Jersey. It's like you, it, the jerseys that were worn in an important game are the ones that are worth more than say like practice, the, the mm-hmm. use of it. Um, 
that is what creates value. And I think that's I think that's something that we'll definitely see with when land gameplay comes out and, and being able to do those types of things. I actually have a couple of my axes labeled like their names are based on the memories that I use them for. And because I, you know, I was lucky enough to be early on with the the current battle system and I won an early tournament, early community tournament, not the official tournament. And, you know, I have those axes labeled as the ones that won that tournament. And it's interesting that you say that use creates that emotional attachment. Um, talk about uh, before we get into because I want to get into AXS and, and, and all about the community and Axis community and the digital nation that you talk a lot about but I'm just curious about what was it like before before the hockey stick before the parabolic growth what was it like when Axie had 100 daily active users um, when times were not as I guess have the the same potential outlook that you have now that you had back then like what was it like with the team what was it like working for the team like what was that take us into the mindset of like a team member back when yeah. the parabolic growth didn't happen that's a good question i mean you were there too <laughs> uh you know obviously it was a grind but it was it was really rewarding why because the community was super tight-knit Right. So it was a lot of fun, man. It was just fun. Like, uh, I think a lot of people knew that these, those were like special times that we should enjoy, um, you know, before things got crazy and obviously there are some naysayers and doubters, but like, you know, <laughs> I wasn't one of them, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, I, I think that I've always been, you know, I, I think I've always been like as certain of our eventual success as I am now. Um, I mean, there's always roadblocks, right? It's like always about getting to the next thing. It's like, okay, if we can get this, then this is going to happen. If we can get this, then this is going to happen. You're never satisfied too. It's like, you're, we're, you know, even though we're done, we've done, you know, pretty well recently, it's like, I'm probably just as hungry or more. And there's always like, it's never enough. Right. Which I think is usually a problem in life. Uh, but when it comes to like something like this, it, I think it's, it's helpful. Um, so yeah, man, I, it was, it was super tight knit and it was awesome. And we were learning a lot and yeah, obviously it was hectic sometimes it, it was, yeah, there were, there were like ups and downs and, um, you know, there are some times where certain community members would lash out and even community members that, you know, I, I considered friends in some cases. Right. And that kind of always hurts when pe when people don't believe in you or people start to lose faith in you. Um, but then it also makes it feel even better, like later on when they were wrong. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've man. I've had my uh, fair share of deep conversations in chat about you know Axie and everything that's going on, and um, but the team's always produced over time, and and just it's all about the actions, and, and you guys have walked the walk consistently. But how do you think the community and and how tight knit it was because it was back then, and it was like just people having general. Um, just conversations about, you know, Axie and, and everything about it. It, it. it was wholesome. How do you, did that push you guys? Did that push the team members? Did that, you know, that help you keep your head down and, and grinding because you had that supportive community way back then? Definitely. The community is always, right, like it pushes us forward. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's so much different than developing in a bubble, and and being like, I can't imagine being like one of those game 
studios that like is like oh we're gonna make this game like we think it's gonna be fun right <laughs> and then it's like kind of like yeah i mean we yeah so like developing in a black box like just seems so foreign to me um so yeah like having the community super hyped for certain things right and uh the kind of you know the interplay between okay leaking certain information and testing certain uh you know testing how excited you guys are for certain things like yeah man i think that's part of the journey that's part of what makes actually special is that you know very open dialogue uh, between the community and the team mm-hmm. um i think like yeah one of the things that i really like is that i think our legitimacy over time right sky mavis's legitimacy to lead the axie nation over time has gotten stronger and stronger um and i i think like obviously it's warranted but i i think that's also been really healthy for the ecosystem and one of the reasons that we've we started to grow that is that's but that but that i also want to say that eventually there will be a time where we need legitimacy outside of sky mavis to also evolve and start to grow within the Axie system. I mean, there are, right? Like obviously community members and things like Axie Zone, Axie World, Axie Chat, right? And I think that's also really important, um, right? It's like the rise of legitimacy for other kind of non-Sky Mavis formerly affiliated uh, institutions within the Axie universe. Mm-hmm. And that kind of goes into your digital nation theory, right? That we're creating this digital nation with these you know, we have the diff- the p- different, you know, like the, the people that you listed, Axie Zone, Axie Chat, and all that. We have different um, members of this new digital nation. Talk about what you mean by a digital nation and, and how you see this community evolving over time. You know, expand on, on that legitimacy that you mentioned. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, yeah, I think that we're, the, the idea of a nation comes because I think at the core of what we're doing is okay like we have smart contracts that allow you to transact with anyone anywhere what does that sound like that sounds like property rights right that sounds like you actually own your stuff and then there are economists like Fernando de Soto uh, he wrote this book the mystery of capital right and he says that basically the reason that capitalism only works in certain countries is because only certain countries the way that the world is structured now, only certain countries have things like certificates of ownership, right? Or deeds, right? Um, So basically NFTs actually create a building block that actually allows for the proliferation of capitalism and free markets across the world, um, accessible by anyone, anywhere, no matter what like philosophy their local government uh, adheres to. So I think, yeah, it's, I think it's really important. And I think basically what Axie does is it has this base level of property rights within our game. And because our game has a real economy into it, it basically starts to look like something that's actually way more than a game. And uh, yeah, this, so that's the way that I see it, right? We have an economy, we have entertainment, we have media, we have a system of governance and it's quite, you know, philosopher king right now i mean even so right it's like there's more than one person who works at sky mavis um but yeah you know and starting to diversify so yeah that's the way that i see it is um i think it's quite it's it's quite actually clear that this is something that's right evolving into something that's far beyond uh, a simple a simple game Um, and i I think it does stem from 
celebrate the fact that we're kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like, I don't know, adding sentience to a kind of like a single celled organism. Um, it's like, if you add property rights to something, like it starts to become something like much more complex. Mm-hmm. And, at, and at the heart of that ecosystem is AXS. And that's what, something I want to get into now and something I want, I want to hear your thoughts on. Um, so PsychOut has said this many times. He says, we rather own a smaller slice of a larger pie than every slice of a small pie. So why explain that? Why have a token? Why open up to the ownership of, to the community? What is the thought process behind that? Yeah, I think it long term Axie isn't going to be able to reach its potential if Sky Mavis sits as an entity extracting all the rents, all the fees from the ecosystem. We need to share that, right? We need to share that of wealth or stake um, with the community, with the citizens of the nation, right? It's not just, right? So, yeah, so it's, you know, we, we see it as kind of like the, it's part of the property rights inherent within the system is that, you know, you should be able to, if you so desire, either work or acquire a part of the system. Um, so yeah, I think, and then we believe, and I think we're starting to see, right, it's like that it really supercharges the community, and it makes the potential of the game much more, you know, you know, much larger. So the thing, actually, one thing that I'll say is, what the people, so I, I've been thinking about the AXS token, the access token, since pretty seriously since November or December of 2018. So I would say from that moment on, I was never really worried about the future of the Axie universe uh, because I always saw the release of AXS as a watershed moment that would open the eyes of many, many people. And so, you know, I think it's no coincidence that the release of the Axis token actually also coincides, right, with, uh, kind of, you know, a new era of, uh, kind of, you know, parabolic growth. Um, so that's, that's also what I'll say. Mm-hmm. And we had Luna back then, which was Axis before Axis. We had, you know, Luna, people knew about True. Luna. But so, like, if you talk to, like, I guess, Trad5, if you talk to traditional, like, finance people, like, this idea of, of base, giving ownership to an ecosystem, to a game, to a company, and it's not like a stock where you know. I guess you can get dividends from a stock, but it's it's actual revenue from the company that is getting distributed based on the you know the tokens that you have, if you're staking or from the community treasury. Like, it's it's a philosophical difference in the way that we're building companies. Do you see this as the way forward? Yeah, I, I believe that protocols, right, have a much larger total addressable market than companies, right? So it's like, you shouldn't look at Axie as a company. Axie is definitely not a company. Um, and right, it's, and the way that you should look at it is Sky Mavis is one entity of hopefully many entities that will be building on the Axie protocol uh, in the future, right? And so what is Axie, right? It's like, just it's just the 
a protocol to unlock creativity and human potential centered around these right cute internet monsters, fierce internet monsters. Um, so yeah, I think I think that what you're we're seeing is that the yeah the protocols are going to be explosive um, and. Uh, why? Because it unleashes hive mind, right? Like people see the writing on the wall with like Wall Street bets, right? Like Wall Street bets is just like a bunch of like people on the internet, like kind of working together through because they all have like kind of kind of an aligned incentive, right? Um, but that's very amateur, <laughs> to be honest, right? It's like that's that's just the you know that's just one um, that's just the beginning, right? And I think crypto takes it to like a whole methodical, well thought out level of like unleashing the hive mind and aligning everyone towards a single goal. Mm-hmm. You're, you're giving everybody a, a skin in the game, you know, you actually have that, um, I guess, desire to see the protocol expand because you benefit from it. And it's actually the network effects that we talk about, right? It's, it's the, the, the more people that enter, everybody benefits. And it's, it's definitely a total, you know, game changer in the way we see business running and, and, and functioning. And to follow up on that, is that why you see a DAO? Is that why Sky Mavis is, is eventually decentralizing ownership over the game? Because you see it as this protocol that everybody can build on top of? Uh, yes, <laughs> that is definitely, you know, we think that user generated content peer-to-peer marketing, right? I think that's the future of Axie. Um, and uh, Sky Mavis still has a lot of work to do. Probably a lot, yeah, a lot of work to do. And this is a project that's being built to last decades and generations, hopefully. So, uh, but yeah, I, th- I think that long-term, right, it's like it needs to be very community-driven. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's it's not a DAO that's being created overnight. I shouldn't say that. It's in the white paper. It's mapped out over you know a four or five year period of time, so it's not overnight. And I do like that progressive decentralization where it happens over time and not just you know at the flip of a you know switch. It, it's it's progressive and it's it happens over a period. Um, do you think like what is the motivation behind that like? What drives the game forward after it is fully decentralized, say like five, ten, however many years from now? Like, what is the driving force then? Is it just a, a group of people that are interested? Is it a, like the community of people that are interested? Like, who builds on top of the game? Who keeps it going? Like, just what are your thoughts on that? Not just for Axie in general, but for any any game, I guess, that wants to follow the same suit. What is the philosophy behind that? I think the, the the process of achieving legitimacy involves doing hard work and delivering. Um, so the that I think that's the idea is like anyone who wants to work hard and add value to the to the Axie ecosystem should be able to do it relatively permissionlessly in the long run, and that will basically create a meritocracy. Uh, for the distribution and transfer of value. Mm-hmm. And and play to earn is the central part of that, right? It's it 
it's you know what actually I think even might have even coined the term play to earn because it was the only people talking about it back in 2018 was Axie. Uh, how do you see that being a major part of the the I guess progression? I think I think play to earn is really important. I think it's the future of work. I think that it is incredibly empowering. I think that it gives the dignity of work to people all over the world, um, potentially. And it's, uh, yeah, it's a market-based solution to universal basic income. There's still a lot of work to, to be done around it. I think that part of the secret sauce is that we need to grow the network effect, um, right? It's like, as the community grows, the network effect of Axie grows, the brand value grows, like the more like external, uh, right? Like for example, sponsorships can come in. Um, and yeah, I think, I think that's all super necessary. And I think people get caught up in the one to two or three year horizon. And here we're talking about generations <laughs> of, of Axie being around. And, and I think, you know, having conversations like these, with the team to get that, I guess, philosophy out to the community and to see that this is truly a long-term game that you guys are building for a long-term game. Like it's not, this is, you don't want this to be a game shipped in a year. You want this to be a revolution to happen over time. And the scope of that just can blow your mind when you think about, you know, all the things that we're talking about are just so revolutionary and, it just you know it leaves you speechless all the things like it's just it's just it is revolutionary and it's it's just like it makes you want to contribute to this to this idea i think i mean that's the that's the that's the point um right it's like the reason that axie is going to be big it, and it has become big is because there actually is a movement uh, you know, the people within the community, Sky Mavis and the community, are understand that there's something really important happening here. They can communicate it well to the outside world. It attracts more missionaries, and it's just a positive feedback cycle that attracts someone who's naturally interested in contributing to something, who wants to be part of something larger than themselves, right? It's really important right now because people feel like they're you know, me, especially like, I mean, just speaking personally, I guess, like I always felt like I was, I don't know, losing my freedoms, uh, very constricted by the time that I was born in, in terms of my options and I don't know, just a lot of different things. And I, I felt like basically modern society was kind of boxing me into a corner. And with Axie, like I'm able to basically break out against all of these yeah, all, all of these constrictions that I think like made me feel really <laughs> bad uh, in my in kind of my old life. Mm -hmm. And and I want to read this this excerpt that I took from the white paper. Um, it's under the why play to earn access uh, yeah, access portion of it. And it goes a game needs players by simply playing the game. Community members are adding value to the network and should be rewarded. It's simple but revolutionary. We're looking for missionaries to align incentives with as we change the gaming world forever.
and that's truly it's not there just for fluff it's not there as a sales pitch it's not there as you know to get people interested it's your actual philosophy behind the game itself it's it's everything that you talked about so far why do people still doubt the idea of play to earn is it because it seems like so far fetched or like why do people still doubt the the idea of you know this digital revolution play to earn in nfts <clears throat> yeah, I, th I think it's it, to some people it sounds a little bit too good to be true. Like, oh, you can how can how can it be possible that someone can just play a game and you know earn 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 an income? Uh, so yeah, it's I think like a lot of things like the electric car <laughs> sounded too good to be true. You know, in two thousand eight, um, I remember even being one of those people who thought it was too good to be true. Uh, in two thousand six. Um, I bought Tesla stock in like 2010. So by, by then I was a believer, but I remember like in my lifetime, like when I was a teenager thinking that like, oh, electric cars will never work. Like we're, we're stuck with gas or oil. I, I, so yeah, like things that are revolutionary and kind of change something. It's like, if you don't really understand the mechanics um, and they're kind of like unproven, um, yeah, like Axie doesn't have the level of social proof that something like Tesla has yet, uh, but it, it comes, right? And that's just part of the journey and that's part of the opportunity is that, you know, if everyone believed, then the opportunity would be less, right? There would be more competitors. Yeah, you know, so the doubt and the, the hesitancy is that is like the moment in which, you know, the true believers, the true visionaries, uh, you know that's 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 their time to shine and and axes and sky mavis is positioned positioned perfectly to take advantage of that that doubt and and to dominate over over years to come so to to wrap some things up there's a lot there was a lot that we talked about but just just going forward we have ronin we have staking we have battles v2 we have land gameplay what are some of the things that you're most excited about for future releases? Like you know more than we do, but what gets you really jazzed uh, up for what the community can see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm super excited about uh, the starter axes. I think that's gonna be really awesome. Um, I think we're gonna see so many more people in the community. Like I think, I think we're gonna have two million users. Two million? Yeah. So like basically the way that I like the way that I look at it is okay like usually in a free-to-play mobile game only two percent of the users are playing right so then it's like okay then we can take our uh we can take our current dau and multiply that by 50 right so then it's like we so then basically yeah so basically that means that we're gonna have one what we would have like 1.5 million daily active users um if Right, it's kind of if you kind of extend that logic out. So, mm -hmm. um, and then I think that's also going to bring in even more, right? Like you know, kind of real uh, users who are you know using NFTs, using the blockchain. So, yeah, man, I, I'm super excited about that. I'm excited about the fiat onboarding. I'm excited about Ronin um, being fully deployed. I mean, now I'm just listing the roadmap, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think that's. I also I'm really excited for like leveling up parts and vertical progression and crafting. Mm -hmm. I think like that's going to be amazing like that takes 
that take the, the vertical progression takes like the, the emotional attachment to the next level. Like, why would you ever sell exactly. an axe that you that you went through all this and leveled up to be like its best, you know, version or whatnot? And to touch upon the soulbound axes or the free-to-play axes, this is something that's been in the works for you know a while now. I think this is this is definitely going to take um, the game itself to the next level because you hear a lot about. You know, one of the barriers to barrier to entry is you know a little high with gas prices and ETH and whatnot. But once we get, you know, once we allow people to just get a taste of Axie for free and to play the game itself for free, and then you know once they get interested, then they go into the next level of owning their own Axies and whatnot. I think that's going to take the game to. I think one and a half million is fud. I think we see way more than that in the years <laughs> to come. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah, man. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. So can we get a leak yeah, for the show? I'm putting you on the spot. I'm putting the pressure on. Yeah, I, I was. I mean, so what I'll say is like we're looking to triple the team size this year um, of Sky Mavis, uh, or double or triple. So we're going to be hiring a lot. Um, that means you know we, we're, we're going to be able to potentially, hopefully, like launch like larger things, launch more more quickly. Um, and yeah, I think it's just going to increase the ability for us to increase the scope of the vision. Um, yeah, like we're looking to basically start out the DAO, um, right. It's like, basically there's an ecosystem fund, right? There's like basically a hundred million dollars of AXS <laughs> in that ecosystem fund. Right. So it's basically, you know, we're thinking about how do we use that or leverage that to empower the community, to empower community creators. So, um, you know, I would, I would also keep an eye out on stuff around that. Mm-hmm. And I think what Fortnite or Epic games did the, they, they put out like a hundred million or something like that. And, and that's a triple a platform. And here actually people don't realize how much is it. If, if you read the white paper and you see, like there's a lot that's going to go out to the community with staking, with the ecosystem fund and with, with the price of AXS, what it's at is like, it's a lot of, you know, a lot of reward. If you have to, if you contribute, if you want to grow and, and it's just doubling and tripling the team is just like, you couldn't ask for more, right? It's it just, there's just, so much to be optimistic about and, and so much potential that that we haven't even scratched the surface yet of yeah man no i, I think uh i think you i think you understand <laughs> <laughs> i'm a believer i am and i've been around long enough i've been around for like you said like almost three a little almost three years now so i you know and it doesn't happen overnight it's just for all new players i would just say learn the game learn inside the insides and outs of the game um educate yourself on the rarities and the collectible aspect of it and i'm telling you you'll be hooked as i was because the team just delivers over consistency is just unmatched Um, you've been around for a while man like you were kind of like an you were an og like even in the auto battle era right uh, yeah i I was an auto battle i had freaks tool i was auto queuing every day three times a day um gaining my xp um before slp was a thing (laughs) um so to get into some closing questions, I you know I ask these for for all my guests. Um, what is yeah. your favorite NFT that you own? Uh, hmm. Yeah, it has to be like my first Axie, so number seven oh seven. I can't imagine any other anything else but a size an Axie. <laughs> um, uh, let me see. <laughs> let me see. Uh, no, no, it's, 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 it's a good thing. I knew it was going to be an Axie. I knew it was going to be an Axie. Yeah. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Mine's an Axie as well. I can't, I can't imagine not being I can, an Axie. I, I, can, 
Oh, I have a, a Genesis Mooncat that Orr gave me. Um, so that's, you know, that means a lot to me. Um, from, you know, because he is apparently worth a lot. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't, I have no idea about those things actually, but he gave it to me as like a gesture um, of, of gratitude. Or and that meant a lot to me. So. Mm -hmm. Now, what is... What is an Axie? I was going to say NFT, but what is an Axie? Now, you did have an um, an Agamo, I believe, but what is an Axie that you sold which you could have back? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, uh, you know, Duradale, like, you know, uh, Coco, yeah, I, I cloned that with Coco, and um, we, we sold it for 60, which is like the worst, <laughs> the worst move of the century. Um, <laughs> otherwise uh yeah man i mean they're a bunch like a golden i had like a gold really a nice fuzzy golden shell that i sold for like five or six eth um it's like number Dumped one it. i like Ar arctics sniped it for me um i also i sold the sky mavis reptile uh yeah it's like a, a double mystic reptile with sky mavis <laughs> I sold that for way too cheap. So yeah, I think those are like in the top of my regret list. Um, so actually kind of a lot. <laughs> so what are some other, I know you've been focused on Axie and Sky Mavis, but I guess not what are the NFT projects that you're interested but in? Like what other spaces do you want to see developed in the NFT ecosystem? Huh. I want us. I want like a competitor. Like I want a game that pushes Axie, uh, that we can steal players from, that they can still try and steal players from us. Like I think that would be healthy for us. It's kind of like Binance and Coinbase need each other. Um, I think we need like a, a nice competitor uh, to you know bring in new players, uh, new people into the space, and to also yeah kind of push us and um, yeah. I think I think the community right is like. It, it's nice to have an external foe to rally against as well. Um, so yeah, I, th I think like something like that will be interesting. Mm -hmm. So more NFT gaming. I, I definitely could get on yeah. board with that. So just to go along with that, what is your prediction on the future of NFTs? I, I predict that it's going to be like grassroots. Uh, like it's it's going to like, everyone always thinks that mainstream adoption is going to mean that like mainstream game studios are like leading the way. Uh, but I, I think that, yeah, the, the early NFT gaming innovators are going to be the ones that cause this to become mainstream. Um, it's like, I don't know like why, like, okay. Like people didn't say that about Coinbase. Right? It's like people, people aren't like, oh, like, yeah, Coinbase is not going to, Coinbase isn't going to like make crypto go mainstream. Like, you know, Coinbase is going to be replaced by, uh, like Goldman Sachs, right? Or some kind of other, right? Or the New York, once the New York Stock Exchange, right? Or when, once there's a Bitcoin ETF, like Coinbase is going to go out of business, right? Nobody thinks that. So mm -hmm. I also think that that, I think that like people waiting for mainstream game studios, uh, to drive adoption. Like, I think those people are going to be waiting for a long time. Um, I think that the, yeah. It's going to be like the, you know, one, some, one of the grassroots organizations, um, we, it's up to us basically to drive NFT gaming into the mainstream. And then once that happens, then other studios 
larger studios will get on board. And, you know, I think they'll also be using Ronin as well. So. Mm -hmm. It's up to us. I couldn't imagine, you know, a great episode to end any other way. I knew this was going to be epic, but it exceeded my expectations. So I'm grateful to have you on. I'm grateful for everything that you guys are doing in Sky Mavis. Um, so thank you for, for being a guest. Yeah, man. No, it was it was a lot of fun. And I, I, I realized that a lot of the people that interview me, they don't know too much about Axie. Um, so it was, it, was, it, it was good to get some more. Yeah, questions from someone who like knows a lot. Um, I'm not. I'm not saying that you know. I'm annoyed at the people who don't know a lot about axes. Like those have their purpose too. But it, it's interesting to talk to someone um, in this kind of environment that knows a lot. So, so yeah, man. Uh, thanks for putting this together. I'm very impressed. Um, and uh, yeah, looking forward to um, coming on again. Hopefully in the future. Yep, definitely want to have you on as a guest again. We could do for like a staking episode or or a battles v two episode when some some new some new stuff drops. <laughs>